0: Um, again we're in our series on um, foundational teachings our series today we're teaching on faithfulness faithfulness is the thing that we're teaching on uh, from um, a pers- our perspective today all right um so let's uh let's go back to some review points there um, uh, if the media can get our things on the screen hallelujah all right so just this is just some review points here we've given you some information about common traits of men of destiny the, these are what we call mil, uh, pillar principles in other words these are things just like in this room there's pillars that hold things up right pillars just provide the structure in your life that helps you to be successful and the first one we said is courage say courage. All right. Courage, we said, is the boldness to face life and the pursuit of destiny with steadfast with a steadfast confidence in God and his word. The second one is chivalry. Say chivalry. Chivalry is to govern relationships by the word of God, especially relationships with women. Listen, God already it, it didn't. The, God wanted us to get relationships with women right before the Me Too movement actually came. All right god was first me too movement was not all right third is ability say ability to have ever increasing personal ability enabled by the grace and principles of god's word whatever god's called you to do it do it with all your might and you should be getting better at whatever he's called you to do all the time i'm not where i want to be but i'm certainly not where i used to be i should show i should be able to show that i have an ever increasing capability to to do the thing that God um, that God calls me to do. There's a scripture in the book of Job. I'll find it and and um, and and find uh, find it. It says it it says it differently um, in the new, in one of the New King James. But the King James version has a, a translation of it that was always powerful to me. It says God exalts by His power. Then it says, Who can teach like Him? In other words. The statement is saying that for God to raise you up, he has to teach you for the thing he's called you to do. Now, you can believe God, if you want to, to be that one in a billion person or hundred million person who wins the lottery like the, whoever did in South Carolina. Right. Or you could do it the way the Bible does it, which is God increases you to, ha- to be able to handle more money. And then God trusts you with more money that he's in empowered you to handle. So he teaches you. And so your ability is increased to be able to take care of more. And then God gives you more to take care of. All right. Now, the next one is substance. Say substance. To be men of substance, not fooled by the deceitfulness of riches, but ever increasing in kingdom resources. You know, um, we talked about this from the Example of David's mighty men, and the scripture tells us when the men came to David when they started out, they were in debt, in distress, and discontented. But then, after following David's ministry over time, it was not instantaneous, but after following his ministry over time, what the scripture tells us is that these same men who were in distress and discontented were now David's mighty men. And when David said, okay, I'm putting up an offering so that the house of God and the work of God can go forward, his mighty man was like, you writing big checks, we writing big checks too. And so one of the things we should be believing for is that God gives us ever-increasing substance to live a, a good godly life, Right? but also to support the work that God has assigned us to do, and that that would be a virtuous cycle. You know, there is there is a thought pattern in the world that people are, um, you know, the churches are taking money from people. Child, please, listen, I, I'm... You know, I I get I get upset because I know that's not our situation. But I know it's not a lot of people's situation as much as people say it is. Now, is it some people's situation? Well, the Bible said there were people that would do that. I'm just telling you, I'm not that people, and I know a lot of people who are not. All right, so let me speed up here. I'll go on to the next slide, uh, media. Um, so the the foundation teachings that we're in, we're in the it's called fist principles, right? Faithfulness, integrity, stewardship, trust, and then the S, um, because you got two fists, is sexual integrity. And then we'll deal with the concept of what the King James Version calls the strange woman. Now, there are people, there are times when there are predatory males. The Bible says that there are people like that and that there would be people like that. But your Bible says there's also predatory females. Now, if it wasn't true, God wouldn't have said it. That's all I'm going to say about that, right? And so I know there are people that think that everybody that's out there is out there trying to do something wrong. So I, because I wasn't trying to, I had to figure out how to stay out of trouble. And the Lord showed me there's there's there are people you need to stay away from. All right, now lesson objectives on faithfulness. That's what we're talking about today. We're going to speed up because a lot of this is review and I want to get to the new content, all right? So, lesson objectives: to understand the key biblical principles of faithfulness. Second, to realize the importance of why God needs other, why men need other faithful men in their lives. Not only does God need you to be faithful, but you need other brothers to be faithful around you. Third, to recognize the distinctions of operating in faithfulness in the body of Christ, because everybody that come to church haven't worked through enough character issues to be called faithful. And we're still glad that you come, even if you haven't got it all worked out. But we, you should just know that you are still a work in progress. And then finally, to, va- to value the blessings of being a faithful man. All right. So we have some scriptures here. Um, I added one from our last times. Proverbs 31 and 10 um, in the King James uh, version uh, of the Bible is one that I want us to look at. All right. This was, this was one of my core married uh, scriptures before I got married, okay? This was one of the ones that I was really concerned about. And so I set myself um, in faith for God to fulfill um, this scripture in my own life. And the scripture, Proverbs 31.10, says, Who can find a virtuous woman? for her price is far above rubies. God, 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 God. I want you to give me a virtuous woman. Will you do it? Well, then I found this other scripture, um, Proverbs 20 and 6. Let's look at that one. And it says, most men will proclaim each his own goodness, but who can find a faithful man? In other words, the scripture is telling me that, that just as it's difficult to find a a virtuous woman, there's the same difficulty in finding a faithful man, right? You know, I've heard heard, um, a lot of my brothers um, say, hey, man, my wife is my good thing, and that's true, right? They say, "He, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. But then the other thing, the other side of that scripture is no good thing will he withhold from him who walks uprightly. So the the other side of a, of the good thing woman is the upright man. An upright man doesn't mean you're forgiven. That means you un, uncompromisingly adhere to biblical principle. And so those are the challenges. So don't ask your wife to be virtuous. Don't ask God, this is for my single brothers, don't ask God to send you a virtuous woman and you're not a faithful man, just don't do it. Work on your faithfulness so that you're ready for the virtuous woman you're asking him for, all right? Now look at Ephesians 1 and 1. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus, all right? So there's, there's people that come to church, but not all of those people are faithful. And so there is a distinguished, you, you can be forgiven, but not yet faithful. You can be forgiven from sin, because that's how we all get into the faith. But then there isn't enough character transformation yet, spiritual formation there's not enough of God formed in you yet to where your character begins to make the, the distinctions that you are in God. All right. So these are scripture reviews. So I just want to give you that. Now, we've given you some definitions. I'm speeding up here. We've talked about faithfulness. And again, brothers, I'm a little behind. I owe you handouts. I actually owe you two handouts um, so far. Um, but we're going to get that. I promise I'm going to I'm going to delegate some of this and I'm going to get minister john to help me get some handouts to you guys all right so dictionary definition of faithfulness what does it mean when we're talking about faithfulness i want you to understand the definition it's it's being consistently trustworthy right i can consistently trust you loyal conscientious and commitment to a person promise or duty your wife should be able to consistently trust you your employer should be able to trust you with resources and you know what's money you handle, but that's not yours, right? That's trustworthy. So faithfulness is not something, I don't know what it means. This is some super, no, everybody understands it when they see it and they understand when somebody's unfaithful, okay? Consistent, reliable, sure, conscientious in commitments to people and principles. I am conscientious that I stood at this altar and promised God that I would pastor you as a people and that there was a certain way that I would live and I would commit myself to being responsible to dig into the word of God and seek, spend time in prayer, praying for you and your situations, leading you, hearing from God and leading you. I I was also conscious of the fact that I stood at an altar and I told Lady Nedra that I would love her for the rest of her life and I would be responsible for her, right? I'm conscientious of my commitment to her as a person, to you as a people. But there's also certain principles that God has taught me in the Word of God. One of the things that we had to, when Lady Nedra and I were marrying, we said, listen, here. I said, listen, woman. Now, um, I go to church. So we got to get that right. She was like, cool. I go to church, too. Okay. I said, because we're not going to flake out and not go to church. All right. I've been tithing since I was 12. Then she said, well, I've been tithing since I was eight. In Jesus' name. I said, good, because we're going to, I'm like, listen, listen, I'm not going to get someplace and not tie. Okay, all right, honey, all right. So we made certain agreements, and we wanted to make sure that our principles was aligned enough for us to move forward with marriage. So there's principles that we're committed to, and I want to be faithful. And then the last de- dictionary definition is, um. Faithfulness is is having being a person whose character has a character that is completely credible. Right. And the things that I'm saying, do you sense something in me that's false that says, I don't believe a word he says. You know, it is often said of politicians: how do you know your politicians are lying? The answer is their lips are moving. That's the opposite of faithfulness. Okay, Pastor David, are you saying all, all politicians lie? Well, I mean, I heard Obama say something like that before, but that's a story for a different day. All right. Um, Bible definition of faithfulness in the Greek, it's it's pistos. It means to be trusted, reliable, to be convinced, to decide based on evidence, trusted, reliable, and sure. To be convinced of something that you witness to it regardless of what happens all right somebody comes oh let me tell you a story um there was a time where uh during the uh nazi um the nazis were were um not only leading in Germany, but they had started to occupy countries. And I think it was in France or some other country around around where, around where Nazi, so it, I don't think it was in Nazi Germany, it was in some country around. And the, the way that the story goes is that in this time, there was a group of Christians who were secretly meeting, even though it was against the Nazi rules and they were secretly meeting um, as a church and having services together just to encourage each other in their faith. And then while they were in the meeting, a couple Nazi soldiers rolled in with their guns loaded. And they said that, um, they said that we've heard that this is a church But we'll give you one out. If you want to deny your faith and leave, you can go. But if you stay, you you will face consequences. There was some that, according to the story, left. God, I love you, but. And then there was some who said, it's true, you got me. You got me. Whatever I got to face, I'm going to just have to face because this is what it is. And then the soldier said, okay, we were, Christ- we're Christians too. We didn't come to hurt you. We just want to make sure we were worshiping with the real Christians. Okay, so the people that left weren't faithful, right? They weren't, they weren't completely convinced. Those that stayed had the evidence that they were truly in belief of this, even under threat. Working definition, a faithful person is a person who is trustworthy, steadfast in their adherence to, adherence and devotion to principles, personal behaviors, and promises. Principles, this is how I live, personal behavior, this is how I act, promises. This is what I'm believing God for. Because I believe God for this, I do this, right? Because I believe God for the church to grow, there's certain things that I, there's certain practices and principles I put in place and I stay consistent to it. Second definition, being considered straightforward, loyal, constant, consistent, and authentic, all right, a person who can be counted, consistently counted on, a person of constant principle-based actions, attitude, and opinions, key definition, all right, this is my key definition, faithfulness is enforced obedience to a critical principle, long after the thrill of initiation has gone, and even longer before the desired results have come. I'm willing to stay with something that doesn't have any immediate benefit, even if the benefit is seemingly so far away, even if the benefit might not even be received in my lifetime. I'm willing to sow towards a future that I might not experience in my own life. Right? That's the way the people that wrote the scriptures we we we've been talking about it in um, in First Peter chapter one. We talked about that there were people who who knew that they were ministering things that for us that they would not even experience. And so faithfulness says that I'm willing to do something even after it's no longer thrilling, even if I might not experience the benefit in my own life or in the near future all right okay um four reasons we need faithful people in our lives number 1 in problem situations you really need faithful people the most right you you need somebody that can be there in the clutch two someone you can count on is refreshing you know what um it's so, much, it's so refreshing when I'm doing stuff and I know somebody's going to be there and, and, and take care of it with me. Third, a faithful person will tell you truth when it hurts without ulterior motive, right? Faithful are the wounds of a friend. A faithful person makes you better. Iron sharpening iron. That's one of the reasons why you need faithful people in your life. You need people when things get in trouble. You know, I had some brothers in ministry, man. Something going wrong. I'm like, dude, man, what's going on? We need to talk. Cause I want to be faithful in their lives, and when I'm having a, a low time, when my resolve is is um, is getting faint, then I count on those people to challenge me and to help me to stay in the game. All right. Now here here's the new new things that we want to share with you for today. Um. Four distinctions of faithfulness in the body of Christ. Number one, there's a distinction between those that are in the body and those who are in the body who are faithful, right? That's what we that's what we learned. Um, that's what we learned in, in that Ephesians one and one, to the church at Ephesus and to those who are faithful. Right? Every faithful person is a believer, but not every believer is a faithful person. All right. And so you can be forgiven, but not yet faithful. Number two, God um, looks for faithful men who He can entrust with the things of God. All right, that's that. Second Timothy two two says, "The things that you've learned, commit to faithful men." Number three, God looks to promote those who are faithful in their stewardship. All right, when God gives you something, He sees how you handle what he's already given when he's trying to determine whether or not he wants to give you more. That's an important principle in Pastor David's life. And then uh, four, faithfulness is what you say, how you live, what you do, and who you are, all right? Now, let's look at um, our next list. Ten things faithful men do consistently. Ten things faithful men do consistently right first a faithful man takes seriously his vows his decisions for godly change right you're in the service and then you get to a point where god is moving on your life and you're saying man i know i heard god um i'm gonna change I'm gonna make a change. I'm gonna make a change in how I treat my wife. I'm gonna make a change in how I take care of my health. I'm gonna make a change in how I manage my money or how I give to support the work of God. I'm gonna make a change in how I um, serve in the house of God. whatever changes that you make, whatever commitment that you make to God, that's one of the reasons. Uh, why I ask people when in one of my appeals, if the word minister to you, hey, raise your hand as a sign, because I want people to, to be conscious of vowing to God to, to make change on what they've heard. Um, so a faithful man takes seriously his vows. So, but what you don't want to do is to treat a vow to God like a New Year's resolution that doesn't make it out the first week in January. I'm going to go to the gym. And then before February, after you pay for the gym membership, it's just a bill, but you're getting no benefit. Selah. All right. So um, taking your vows seriously, keeping your word to God and others, like you want God and others to keep their word to you. That's Matthew 7 and 12, where it says the golden rule, whatever you want men to do to you, do to them. Right. And so what you, I want God to be faithful to me. Like what he promised me he going to do, you get in a situation. I'm coming right now. I'm looking for him to come right now. I'm looking for him to keep his word to me. And so I have, I have personally to walk in faithfulness. I have a system that I use to track my accountability to promises, right? If I've made something, then I, I, I have journals, I have planners, I have ways that if this is something I'm gonna do, I work to schedule it in my life and then track my performance to my own commitments. You talking about works. No, I didn't say I needed, no, I'm not talking about working to get saved. That's, that's being forgiven. I didn't work to get forgiven, but I'm gonna have to work to be faithful. All right? Number two, A faithful man makes actions changes that are usually followed by lifestyles changes. All right. If I'm on, if I'm a move in a different way, then I got to start changing my life to do things differently. Right, man. Pastor David's been teaching a minister. John prayed it out. Pastor David's been preaching on dynamics of destiny relationships. Okay. If you, if you saying I'm going to, I'm going to get better, in um, talking with my wife, then you need to schedule some time, put some time on the schedule. Every week we're going to meet at this time. We're going to talk at this time. I don't know how to do stuff that I don't schedule. Things don't just happen for me. I won't just for, I just won't remember. Like I have to go through the action of writing a plan down and acting on the plan and then checking it off. Everybody else thinks that their mind is so sharp that they won't forget. I have found that a dullest pencil is better than the sharpest mind. So I write it down. Okay. All right. Number three, a faithful man is willing to change based on biblical principle with or without an immediate benefit. So I don't wait till things get better to do better. All right. So some things I'm changing now, it may be years and decades before things get better. Right. Because Both faithfulness and unfaithfulness have immediate and then long-term actions. Or as as, uh, Dr. Foster said, um, if they cut your foot off the first time you ate a Snickers bar, you wouldn't eat the Snickers bar. It's what happens over time. But faithfulness says I'm willing to do things without the immediate benefit. Number four, a faithful man is willing to lose his old self in order to find individual destiny and purpose, right? That's Luke, Luke 9, 23. If any man come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me, all right? And then number five, a faithful man pursues the purposes of Christ at the expense of short-term agenda, all right? Are you willing to make changes to help to help God's work go forward? All right. Are you willing to sacrifice your own personal money so that the house of God can have money? Now listen, 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 listen. I didn't say put your house at risk. Pastor David is not one of those. All right. But your pastor um I didn't I haven't put my house at risk, but there my house could be moving and living a lot better if I wasn't giving the way I give to Destiny Generation. I'm just going to tell you that. Okay? So what I'm saying is I have prioritized the church and the kingdom moving forward. And kingdom, the church moving forward doesn't just mean the quote unquote 501c3 Destiny Generation church moving forward. I mean this body of believers making progress, right? While the church is in the in in the process of getting his credit together, Pastor David has used his personal credit and signed for things. Now the church is paying the bill, just so that we all we're, we're all clear on that. But it is my name at risk, my reputation for faithfulness at risk, and I have said if the church don't get it paid, Pastor gonna pay it, because that's what it means when you sign for the bill. You understand that? All right. What I'm saying is. I shouldn't be the only one that is sacrificing for the church to move forward. Okay. Okay. Um number six, a faithful man submits to the training and correction of God in order to pursue destiny. All right. Uh happy is the man, Job 5.17, who God corrects. The Lord chastens or um chastens or corrects those he loves, is Proverbs 3 and 12. All right, seven. A faithful man abhors and hates shortcuts that promise to deliver manifestation without the related empowerment or the blessing of God. A faithful person says, nah, nah, I'm going to take the long way because I'm going to get there. I'm not going to take a shortcut. We talked about Abraham when the king of Sodom tried to give him a shortcut to being wealthy. Abraham said, I've lifted up my hand to God that I'm not going to take something from you so that you can say you made me rich. Abraham was willing to reject short-term, quick riches, but he still got rich, just so we clear. He still got rich. Abraham was very rich in silver and gold, so he got rich, but he, he, he took the long way to get there. All right. And so that's what a faithful person, even Satan offered Jesus all the kingdoms of the world if he would just bow down and worship him, a shortcut to manifestation. And Jesus said, no, no, I'm going to be king. I'm going to get it all, and I'm not going to have to bow down to you and do it in Jesus' name. All right. Um, that was number seven. Number eight says, a faithful man views diligent obedience as an accelerator to destiny. A faithful man views diligent obedience as an accelerator to destiny. Matthew 15 and 19 in Amplified says that the way of the righteous is plain and raised like a like a highway a highway accelerates you. I can go faster when I'm on a highway. That's what he's telling me, um, that a faithful man says, I'm going to stay with these things. Like people ask me, Pastor David, why do you, why you put all of this stuff that you're putting in? Because I'm believing that eventually my destiny going to get on a highway and then I'm going to start taking off and and moving past some folks. And uh, straight talk. Your pastor likes to speed. Okay. Um, (laughs) Pray for me, pray for me. Uh, (laughs) Number nine, a faithful man trusts God to enforce his word in his own time, right? One plants, another waters. God is the one you got to trust to give the increase. I wish that uh, I could put miracle grow on my destiny and make it grow as fast as what I want it to. But I understand that even though that's what I would want, that God has his own timing and he knows what he's doing. So even when I don't understand, I'm trusting that if I stay faithful, God's going to make the word work out for Pastor David and Pastor David's situation. And that's what you got to believe. And then the last one here is a faithful man is dedicated to walking in the peace that comes from knowing that God is truly in control. John 14, 27 says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, give I unto you, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. John 16, 33, and amplified says, I have told you these things so that you may have perfect peace and confidence. In this world you have tribulations, trials, and distress, and frustration, but be of good cheer, take courage, be confident, certain, and undaunted, for I have overcome the world. All right. So, um, this is my last list for today, and then we're done with faithfulness, and then we'll pick up with um, integrity in our next session. All right. So, this one says, uh, seven empowerments or blessings of being faithful. Um, number one, God preserves the faithful looking over as a watchman. Um, and that's Psalm 31 and verse 23. It says, for the Lord preserves the faithful and plentifully rewards the proud doer. Um, number two, God rewards the faithfulness with true riches. True riches are things of eternally enduring value. Luke 16 and 10 through 12 Uh, We'll spend a lot of time in Luke 16. For me, um, Luke 16 was one of those passages of scripture that when God showed me Luke 16 as a young man, it changed my life. If you see some consistency in your pastor that you want to model, then the thing that motivates me is the revelation that God gave me out of Luke 16, um, about one through uh, 14. But let's, let's look at that. Pull, pull, pull that up. Find that uh, media on Luke 16, 10 through 12. Let's find that one because that one is an important one. We'll come back into it because if you remember, faithfulness, integrity, stewardship, and trust is the fist. So in stewardship, we'll deal with this one. But I want to I want to dig deep on this one right now because it's it's a it's a life changer. All right. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is in just in what is least is in just also in much. Stop. Um, let's stop on that one for a second. Um, he who is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. So I can know how you will handle. million by how you handle $500. If you can manage $500 right now, then you will be able to manage $5 million later. What happens is the Lord told me you blowing too much money on your happy meal. And so I'm not happy to give you more money. When I only had a little bit, he said that if I didn't learn to be faithful with that, I would get more money and I would still be unfaithful. That's why some people are broke at $10,000. And then there's other people broke at $10 million and they still broke. Okay. Um, Because they haven't learned the principles of being faithful. If you are unjust with least, you'll be unjust with much. I remember um, they were talking about, and it's just an example but they talked about it it was just not common knowledge that i remember when when uh, the group new edition was you know i was i was young when they was coming up the girl is my that girl is i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm going back i'm going back i won't look back take my hand to the kingdom plow and look back anyway when they were going up they had they went from being these you know just poor kids i think from boston and then they just blew up and they were they had so much money. They would drive cars and um, they they would just, they 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 would leave cars on the side of the road and just walk off and leave them and never come back with never any intention because they felt like they had so much money and it was always rolling. It was always going to be there. People think because they got it now, it's going to always be. No. All right. Um, If you're unjust with little, you'll be unjust with much. Verse 11. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? We call that eternally things of internally enduring value. Verse 12. If you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who will give you what is your own? All right. So now let's look at uh, the principles here. So first of all, um, three principles are embedded in in this thing about being faithful right one is um that you're going to be faithful at the small level with what you have now right i want god to trust me with 300 3000 and 30,000 members but I'm going to handle 30. I'm going to be faithful with the ones I already got, asking him to give me more. If you're faithful with that, which you have now, he can trust you with more. Then he says, if you're faithful with money, then I will trust you with true riches. This was one of the reasons why when I was a single man, that was one of the scriptures that said, that told me before I get married, I want to learn how to handle my money. Because if I can be faithful with money, then I can be faithful with the virtuous woman whose price is worth far more than rubies. Right? So that was a faithfulness issue. And then when I had, when I was, you know, taking care of other people's churches and um, taking care of other people's cars and taking care of um, supporting other people when I was single, but was helping other people who were married, I was being faithful to them asking God to give me my own, all right, because if you have not been faithful to that which is another man's who will give you that which is your own, that, those scriptures changed my life, listen to me, that changed my life, there's more coming to me because I practice this, right, I'm calling my own shot now. Because I'm demonstrating faithfulness, and when it happens, you're going to say, well, he told me. And I'm not even saying this because I'm saying I'm so good. I'm just telling you I am faithful, and that principle I believe God's going to do in my own life. All right? Um, so that was number two uh, on our list. Number three, God reveals himself more clearly to the faithful, face-to-face. It said that Moses was faithful in God's house in Numbers 12 and 7, and God spoke to him face to face. Number four, the faithful abound with opportunities and empowerments being set up for promotion. All right. There's a lot of scriptures in that. Look at those scriptures in your own time. Proverbs 28, 20, a faithful man shall abound with blessings. Proverbs 10, 22, the blessing of the Lord makes rich and has no sorrow. Um Uh, Matthew 24 talks about, uh, 45 through 47, that a faithful and wise servant, the Lord will make ruler over his house, all right? Number five, God answers the prayer of the faithful and prospers them. Hezekiah prayed in our scripture reference there and um, he dedicated things faithfully and then it says he did it with all his heart and God prospered him. Um, number six, by faithfully judging the poor, the faithful are established forever. Right. Um, Proverbs 29 and 14 says the king that faithfully judged the poor, his throne is established forever. That's why, you know, um, don't just run past people. If you know, when you see people on the side of the road, I'm not saying you got to stop for everybody, but I am saying, make sure, you know, when God wants you to help somebody in trouble right? Just ask him, ask him, don't, you know, there are times when the Lord wants you to do stuff for people. Part of being a faithful man is that you get blessed, but not all of your blessings are for you. Some of what God gives you is to help other people based on the fact that you were faithful, all right? And then finally, finally, our last one, corporate unified faithfulness brings maturity Discipline and victory in the kingdom of God. The faithful become unstoppable. That's what we're trying to build amongst us as men of destiny. We're working to build a kingdom community, a kingdom regiment of men who are faithful to what God has called them to be. If we can learn to stay together, to stay in unity, to stay faithful, to, to grow, um, it'll help us to grow faster. We will mature more easily because we can grow together and we will grow in support of one another. We will, we, will, um, we will grow in discipline. We'll be able to do things and execute those things consistently. And those things that we do in that fashion will bring victory um, as we work to do the kingdom, kingdom assignment that God has given us in our generation. All right. The faithful become unstoppable. And I gave you some references there in John 17 that he prayed that we may be one and experience perfect unity That and God loving us just as much as he loves Jesus. We become unstoppable. All right. If we become, we are those people who love God and are faithful, we edify ourselves as the body of Christ.